He has told you, O man, what is good, and what does the Lord require from you, but to do justice, and to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. A series on a verse that I love, and Andrew has gifted me with a topic that I am very passionate about, but it is one that's a little bit heavy. So parents, if you usually listen as a family, this might be one that you want to watch on your own first. Um, but I do encourage you to introduce the topic with your kids. And, and if you'd like to have some ways on how you can do that and start to engage it, I would love to help you out. Um, so with that introduction, let's dive in. Uh, in 1980, Peter Thompson, a professor of psychology, created what we know as the Thatcher effect. Um, it's this phenomenon that when a picture of a face is taken um, and turned upside down and the, some features like the mouth and the eyes are inverted, our brains don't notice it. We, we don't recognize when the face is upside down that something's wrong. However, as soon as you turn the picture over, you realize it's kind of grotesque and it's, it's distorted because it's not the way it's intended. Um, but how we are oriented matters. And I think socially this is true as well. I, th I think as a world we have taken things and we've turned it upside down and so our perspective is skewed and we're not realizing the distortion that's going on. Um, things that God has given us that are intended to be beautiful like sex and it's inverted and it's distorted and it's grotesque. We need to be aware of our perspective so that we can be aware of what's wrong. For instance, a 27-year-old in Thailand can't get work after her, her husband leaves her and desperate to provide for her two children, she finds herself under the reins of a trafficking circle. An eight-year-old boy in Cambodia is sold under the false promises that the money he makes will be sent to the family and he'll be returned in one month's time. A 19-year-old in Canada is raped and turns to a relationship that she thinks is trusted, but it turns out to be one that's full of abuse and exploitation. A 13-year-old in Honduras is groomed and coerced into pornography, and 12 years later she finally gets out of this film industry only to be met with men who have been so blinded and perverted by what they've seen that it takes her another 15 years to experience what a healthy relationship is like and what, what enjoyable sex is. A 16-year-old in Lithuania follows the footsteps of her mother and her grandmother and begins working in prostitution, thinking that this is the only, um, the only market that has guaranteed work because worldwide there are seemingly endless buyers. These are five out of millions of stories of sexual exploitation. And many are quick to ask, where's God in all these? But my question today is where is the church? Where are we? As ambassadors of Christ, how are, we, how are we getting involved in this dark industry and how are we bringing justice? How do we as New Life take a stand against sexual exploitation? It is imperative that we're acting justly, um, not just in our homes and jobs and safe circles, um, but in the face of injustice. And I know some people here are actively living this out, and so this isn't to invalidate that at all. Um, it's, it's to bring more awareness and to encourage others that may feel called to step up. It's more than a social justice issue. Uh, this is a gospel issue, I think, and, and so we need to be responding to it with the heart of the Father and with a gospel-centered response. 
And as organizations have dug deeper um, to get to the root of sexual exploitation, they're finding more and more this, this isn't just due to a lack of money or a lack of education. This is a moral and spiritual issue. As I mentioned last month, there are times that we're going to lament and mourn the sin around us. <laughs> I think this is one of those times. Um, it, and the issue just seems so overwhelming that we need to find ourselves kneeling at the foot of the cross, um, recognizing our dependency and our, our desperation for the true king. Throughout scripture, we hear God's heart on the matter. Um, Isaiah 61 Verses 1 and 2 says, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me, for the Lord has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to comfort the brokenhearted and to proclaim that captives will be released and prisoners will be freed. He has sent me to tell those who mourn that the time of the Lord's favor has come, and with it, the day of God's anger against their enemies. In Psalms 82, Verse 3 to 4. Give justice to the poor and the orphan. Uphold the rights of the oppressed and the destitute. Rescue the poor and the helpless. In Proverbs 31, verses 8 to 9. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves. Ensure justice for those being crushed. Yes, speak up for the poor and the helpless and see that they get justice. We're mandated to walk justly um, and to bring the presence of God to those around us. And we read in James that there will be no mercy for those who don't show mercy. Our heart needs to be broken. In one of the largest studies on sexual exploitation, a, a bunch of numbers surfaced, um, including that between 60 and 70 percent had reported rape, uh, physical threats or physical assault. Um, they had 854 respondents from nine different countries just to get more of a global context. Um, and they asked what they needed. 89% were desperately wanting to be out of the industry. 75% just needed a safe place. 76% needed job training. There's a need for health care, for counseling, for peer support. But all cases reported some kind of trauma and vulnerability. Something that, that predisposed those preyed upon to further exploitation. And unfortunately, the numbers from this survey are only of adults. However, we know that 30% of those in sexual exploitation are children, and this includes infants and toddlers. As young as 12 years old, countless girls are, are taken from their homes and viewed as spoils of war as Taliban fighters forcibly marry them. And they're, they're subjected then to a lifetime of rape and sexual servitude. There are countries around the world where the social norm is to sell your children, whereas if you have a daughter, it's viewed as financial security. It's a culture of complicity amidst a global issue of a growing market and demand. In Thailand, 2.8 million are in prostitution, and 800,000 of those are children. In places like Cambodia, you can go to a karaoke bar and grab your beer for $4, some grapes for $5, and a girl for an hour for $3. These numbers are shocking, and they're heartbreaking. 
And while these numbers include are from around the world, uh, we can be aware of the context in our valley here too. So what can we, the church, do? First of all, I think we can pray. We can always pray. I think for his heart and his eyes on the matter, for ears to listen and for, for discernment of when to speak, I think we can also pray for predators, that they'll meet Jesus and that they'll turn. I think raising awareness is a huge thing. If, if we're aware of what's going on, it's going to bring a burning inside us to do more. And we can bring awareness to others as well. We can teach, protect, and love our kids, teaching them healthy relationships, teaching them of their worth, teaching them to respect others and to view others as created in the image of God. We can listen. If someone is sharing, we can listen and not just listen, but believe. Uh, for many victims and survivors, they themselves don't really believe what's happened to them in their life, let alone to finally break the silence and be met with disbelief and shame. We can act. We can get involved. There are organizations and, and people that are, that are working hard that we can partner with, whether that be financially, volunteering time, or purchasing products uh, that are made from survivors. And that's, it's safe job creation. We can partner with people like Lisa Postma, who's serving in Costa Rica. We can not support terrible industries like pornography. Not only is this lust, but it's exploitation as well. Um, it's estimated that 30% of all web content is porn, and it is far too accessible. Kids and adults alike stumble across it, whether they're uh, doing class research or playing a game or looking for a used car to buy. With no need to prove age, the average age of first exposure is 11 years old, some reported as young as two years old, and many reporting to be addicted by the age of 10. A lot of people think that pornography and prostitution is just a vocational choice. This is categorically untrue. It's, it's the choice of those with the fewest choices. Many enter under the age of 18, and so it's not even really qualifiable as a choice. Uh, many come from desperate poverty, abuse, mental illness, broken relationship, war zones. These are all areas of vulnerability that are then exploited by pimps, traffickers, and buyers. So you know what? Actually do more than just avoid porn. Partner with people like Exodus Cry, who are actively trying to shut down pornography sites. As an issue in our own backyard and worldwide, we, the church, must be leading the charge. We must be bringing justice. And this often isn't going to look like court cases and verdicts, but it's, it's going to be redemption and restoration on a real personal level. If we're claiming to be children of light, how are we living it? John 3.20 says, All who do evil hate the light and refuse to go near it for fear their sins will be exposed. And Ephesians 5 verses 10 to 15 says, Carefully determine what pleases the Lord. Take no part in the worthless deeds of evil and darkness. Instead, expose them. It is shameful to even talk about the things that ungodly people do in secret. But their evil intentions will be exposed when the light shines on them. For the light makes everything visible. This is why it is said, Awake, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will give you life. So be careful how you live. Don't live like fools 
but like those who are wise. I don't share this to bring fear or any guilt if it's not something that you've thought of or are aware of. I recognize that God's going to gift us and call us in different ways. We can't know everything about everything, and there are lots of different ministries to be involved in. Um, I share it because sexual ex exploitation is not merely just statistics and numbers, but it has a face and a name. Um, and so awareness is crucial. While it's one of the fastest growing crimes internationally, and it's a $150 billion industry, I don't believe that all hope is lost. And I believe that as we take a step in obedience to bring justice, it's also an act of worship. The five stories that I mentioned at the beginning, I have the honor of knowing those individuals, and I'm ecstatic to tell you that each of them love Jesus and are currently serving in ministry. But there's 40.3 million others who are stuck in human trafficking. And they need the opportunity to come to this side to experience that hope. This topic is heavy. But we know that eternal hope is in Jesus. And there's very exciting things happening in the fight against sexual exploitation. And I believe some of us here at New Life are going to be called to join that fight. So what does it look like? There's no one answer, but we can mull over ideas together. We can, we can share what's going on. We can talk about progress, both here in the valley and beyond. What we can't do is turn a blind eye. We can't continue to look at an upside-down face and not see the distortion for what it really is. We need to look at it the way God intends. Ohad, a former trafficker of 11 years, um, and now loves Jesus, is married, and actually works with youth to prevent them from going into the sex industry, says this, I was a captive of one thing, she was a captive of another thing, but God wants to set the captives free. So how are we living out God's heart to set the captives free? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that amidst darkness and brokenness and heartache, you are king, that you are sovereign. Lord, thank you that you are able to bring true justice. We pray that we'll be ambassadors and live this well, that we'll bring justice and walk in obedience. Give us your heart for what's going on. Give us eyes to see where we can help and the courage to walk in that. In Jesus' name, amen. For more information on um, those that you could partner with or if you want some more resources on the topic, feel free to contact me. I'd love to help. Um, if you or someone that you know needs to talk and needs someone to listen, my line is always open. Love you guys.